Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you very much for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us. We want to talk to you in this next few moments as we listen to a portion of my series entitled Return to Eden and help you understand why Jerusalem will be the center of controversy in the last days. What does Jerusalem have to do with the original Garden of Eden? Well, I can tell you this even before we take a time to take a look at the book. It is key in understanding why Jerusalem will be so controversial just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. This series, Return to Eden, deals with all the issues you need to know about. Take a moment with us. Let's listen, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of Return to Eden. Well, it's going to continue now our study of Return to Eden. And we're going to come this morning, I believe, many conservative Bible scholars believe the most important chapter in all the Word of God. Chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. The most important chapter. If you don't believe that, why not try reading Genesis chapters 1, 2, skip chapter 3 and go to chapter 4. Read through chapter 11. You'll have no way of explaining what is going on. Chapters 1 and 2, you see perfection, an environment that Jesus himself says is abundantly excellent. It's the Garden of Eden. It's the epitome of holiness. And then when you come to chapter 4, you start to read about anger, jealousy, murder. You read about divorce. You read about adultery. You read about all types of what we would refer to as sin. You see that they're in the face of God in chapter 11. Totally disobedient to what he said. How in the world can you explain it unless you go back to the pivotal chapel, uh, chapel chapter in all of the Bible? Chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Chapter 3 is the commencement of a universal drama that has been played out now for almost 6,000 years. It's the announcement, the very first announcement of a Messiah, of a Savior who will come. It's how man would run away and try to hide that which God would not allow. It's how he would try to cover in his own efforts sin. You can't explain even our natures, why we live the way we live, unless you know something about chapter 3. So chapter 3 of the book of Genesis is where we're going to hang our hat for a little while. We'll go to some other locations as well, but I want you to go there with me, if you will, chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. You know, let me just say something here. As I just said, chapters 1 and 2 perfect environment. We're going to see heredity was absolutely, absolutely great. No problem. Adam and Eve standing in perfection. The environment around us was unbelievable. It was like a, a, it was like a, a tropical paradise. Look in chapter 1, if you will. I, I, I mean, in chapter 2 and verses 5 and 6, and let me show you 
how beautiful it was, just the surroundings. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. I don't know if you know this or not, but for the first 1,500 years of human existence on this earth, there was no rain. It was a tropical paradise. I don't know what the temperature was. Maybe 74? What you like the best? 76? And there was a mist coming up out of the ground, and everything was watered, and everything was lush, and everything was beautiful. The environment, the surroundings were unbelievable. Let me show you when seasons come in. Chapter 8 of the book of Genesis. Chapter 8 of the book of Genesis and verse 22. In chapter 8, now chapters 6, 7, and 8 are Noah and the flood. Chapter 8, of course, the conclusion of that just a bit more than a year of the water overflowing the entire earth at least by 22 feet, 15 cubits, over the highest mountain. It was a universal worldwide flood. Chapter 8, verse 22. And while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Summer, winter, spring, and fall come into existence 1,500 years after the creation, after the flood took place. Jim Irwin, the astronaut who is now in the heavenlies, dear brother in Jesus Christ, often visiting Word of Life, had an advocation when he returned from his trip to the moon, and that was to find Noah's Ark. And every summer he would make his way to the mountains of Ararat. And as he would look and try to discover the remains of Noah's Ark, they would always run into some type of a trouble because of the mountain being still frozen. He would fly back, I know this, because he would fly back into New York City. At that time, I was the vice president of a broadcasting company in New York City. And I would always go to the airport, and he would call me, and I'd go and pick him up and take him to make his transfer to maybe another airlines to fly back out to Colorado. And we'd always have a few moments together, and I would just pick his brain because I've always been interested in Noah's Ark and the remains of it and where they might well be. And so I would pick his brains and I would say, Jim, what happened? One time, <laughs> one time he, he came in and snuck in the back. You might remember he slipped and slid down almost to his death on the mountains of Ararat because it was frozen over. He was beat up. I mean, when I, when I went out to pick him up, he had uh, uh, about a two-week growth of beard. He had not shaved. His face was all scarred up. And he said, don't let anybody see me. He came in a back door. His daughter actually worked with the airlines in New York City. And, and so I got him at the back door, and we didn't want any of the press to have an interview with him. And he, did, he felt so stupid. He said, man, I could walk on the moon, but I can't walk on a mountain in Turkey. And I said, well, what's the matter? He said, Jimmy, it's, it's frozen over there. I said, man, this is July. He said, I know it's frozen. Do you know that wasn't the case until after the flood? when summer, winter, spring, and fall came into existence? Because it was a tropical paradise. The environment was unbelievable. Unbelievable. There was no sin. Look at chapter 1, verse 31, just reminding you what it's, I said. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, abundantly excellent. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. In the first six days of creation, no sin on the earth. No sin. You know, we try to say the problem with people today is their environment or it's their heredity. 
where they come from. Oh, yeah? God put into existence man, then ripped a rib out of man and made woman. Their heredity was absolute. They had been made in the image of God. Their environment was impeccable. And yet, they're going to sin. This baloney we're being fed about the environment or their heredity, where they come from, I don't want to hear it. Because it doesn't align itself with the Word of God. It's how we're born after Adam and Eve's sin that brings sin into existence. How did sin come into existence? I want to think with you this morning about three things. First of all, Satan's sin, man's sin, and the extent of sin. The ultimate of what's going to happen. Let's go to Satan's sin. First of all, let's think just a few moments about this created being, Satan. He was created. We'll look at Ezekiel in just a moment, but Ezekiel chapter 28 says, In the day that I created you, you were perfect. You see, he was not extra special over all the other angels that were created until God made him extra special. He was created. He was a created being. All angels are created beings. I talked about a man who used the phrase prehistoric times was when angels were brought into existence and when they fell. That is not true. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, all things were created within that six-day, 24-day, 24-hour day period of time. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to a portion of a series I have entitled Return to Eden. I talk about the Garden of Eden, the beginning and the end. I talk about sin in the Garden of Eden and how that would then conform to what Jesus Christ did when he was crucified. I talk about the sacrifice in the Garden of Eden, the battle for Jerusalem, and the Messiah's throne room. All of these studies are a part of the five-hour series, a five-part audio series on CD that is available for you if you would like to purchase it and have it for your own individual study. It's entitled Return to Eden, and you can call our toll-free number to find out how much it would cost and how you can make your order. That toll-free number from across America is 877-674-3298. Again, that number, 877-674-3298. Or you can actually go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and you can make your order online. Again, that's prophecytoday.com. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and I want to thank you for joining me here as we've studied through a portion of Scripture that helps us to understand we're quickly approaching the time of the return of Jesus Christ back to the earth and actually back to the Garden of Eden. But before that, of course, remember, the rapture takes place. And actually, that could happen before I finish the next sentence. And if I am allowed to finish it, here's what I'm going to say. Let's keep looking up until...